What's up, guys? Obviously, big topic going on right now in the college football world is the quarterback controversy in Alabama with Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts. And outside of that, of course, there's things going on at Ohio State as well as Maryland. But as of right now, for today, we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa quarterback controversy which in my opinion does not exist what's going to happen today we're just going to go ahead and take a look at some of these segments from these analysts uh, listen to their thoughts after we hear their thoughts i'm going to pause it kind of take away some of the things that they said uh, share my own thoughts and then we'll move on to the next segment um, but yeah that being said let's go ahead and get this thing started i'm here for every second of but but it, it happens all the time like i said do you go with who got you there or do who you do you go with who got you over the top you have the nick Foles, you have the carson Wentz, you had drew bledsoe you had tom brady so quarterback controversies are rare because very rarely do you have guys get you very very far and then someone gets you over the top for a super bowl or for a national championship so that said you do the college football for us here i mean i think the general the conventional wisdom is that tua is is, is the better off is the, is the better quarterback is the certainly the better passer and gives you the opportunity to have a more diverse offense. Yeah I called the Alabama spring football game at Kirk Herbstreet and Joy Galloway and just talked to the staff there and Nick Saban they said Tunga Vailoa is just more polished he has a great arm and he sees coverage as well Jalen Hurts is more of a run first guy if the first option isn't there he just takes off he does not show enough patience to go through the progressions Tunga Vailoa will be the guy and the problem then becomes Jalen Hurts is going to want to transfer. He will probably transfer and the other piece of that too is that Alabama has won primarily based on defense over the years. Yeah. And so do you want to put a little high risk, high reward circumstance in there, or do you go with the safe Hurts, who if he's running the ball primarily, he isn't going to turn it over that much either when you let your defense win games. It's a, I'll be very interested to see how that thing goes, as I think Tua will win the job. Yeah. But then if all of a sudden, you know, they throw some picks or whatever happens, will the fans say, you know something? Right. Maybe we were better <laughs> when we were just running the ball all the time. Coach, as a former. Let's go ahead and address some of the thoughts that those analysts had. Um, first thing, I think his name is Richard Jefferson. I might be wrong. Anyway, he's the guy that played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so he says it's obviously not an easy decision because do you stick with the guy who got you there or do you go with the guy who got you over the hump, in this case, who won you the national championship, which was Tua. And... The thing is, that argument is, in my in my opinion, is flawed because he's saying, "Do you go with the guy who got you there?" Now, of course, uh, Jalen is the one playing quarterback for Alabama, so you're gonna say he's the guy that got them there just because of how important the quarterback position is. But you've gotta you've gotta see that very differently, especially at Alabama, because when you think of Alabama and look at Alabama at Alabama. Alabama is a program built on dominant defense and a phenomenal running game, right? And that's because they, they're built around uh, typically four or five-star O-line, and really everyone on the team is going to be a four or five-star player. So with that being said, with this team being built on you know a dominant defense and a great running game, to say that Jalen is the guy that got them there, I just simply can't agree with that because any any casual football fan would even know that when it comes to Alabama, it's the first thing that comes to mind is defense and running, right? Quarterback position isn't necessarily something that's going to be 
the first thing to pop into your head. Now, don't get me wrong. Jalen definitely, you know, had his moments and made plays that decided the outcome of these games. Um, but in, in my in my opinion, to say that, you know, he's the guy that got them there, really at the end of the day, uh, if you don't have that defense, Alabama's probably going to be an 8-4 and four team, right? Because the defense is, you know, the, the saying goes, defense wins championships. Um, and, and, and we've seen that with Alabama and how much they've dominated the college football world since Saban's taken over. Um, and then with Greeny, that's the guy in the middle, he said, um, you know, that's great and all. He even mentioned, you know, Alabama's built on defense and a running game. Do they take the risk in putting in Tua and, you know, deciding to in, to inject some some passing game to, uh, you know, to, to adjust the offense to Tua? And he's more of a passer. He's got more of an arm uh, than Jalen, of course. And he's saying, but at the same time, that's going to be a bit more risky. That's not Saban's style, right? And, yeah, of course, it's it's not the way that Bama's been. But anytime that you've got a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield, especially with an, an elite arm like his, dude, you've got to play him for the simple fact that when you put him in the game, that's going to open up opportunities for for your running game, um, you know, for the play action. I mean, just about everything you do is going to get better with a quarterback at the helm because you're playing at Alabama. You've got Heisman candidate running backs in the backfield, ready to go, ready to run through walls, surrounded by five-star O-linemen. I mean, I'm this this stuff, you know, we can repeat all day. Um, but to simplify it, man, all I'm saying here is whenever you bring in a quarterback, uh, you know, that that is another threat through the air, that's gonna. Uh, that's basically gonna open up the run game because guys are gonna have to account for the passing game. So they're gonna have to drop more guys in coverage. If they bring guys into the box and pack the box, guess what? That opens up the passing game. And with Alabama, the talent at the skilled positions is ridiculous. So not only does Tua have an elite arm, but he can throw these guys open. Um, you know, there's just so many possibilities with the talent at Alabama, and putting Tua in is not a risk because it, it, it creates uh, more opportunities for your team. It, it turns your offense into, uh, you know, multi-dimensional offense that can do more than just run the ball. Because the fact is that when you have Jalen Hurts in the game, he is a run-first quarterback. And if you are able to shut down that running game of Alabama and force Jalen to throw, which we saw in the Georgia game, and actually in a few other games in the season where it was really close games, uh, that's where Jalen struggles. So whenever you can become a two-dimensional offense, a multi-dimensional offense, and you're not limited to running or, or one dimension of, of, of an offense, you're more dangerous and there's less risk involved because you're creating opportunities for more individuals. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to this next segment. I think this was either uh, SEC uh, show or college football live might be sec with the advertisements in the back but with that being said let's go ahead and jump in kind of listen to uh, what these guys got to say and then i'll kind of go ahead and touch on uh, some of their thoughts with my own and we'll go from there 
former national championship winner that's dealt with quarterback battles in the past. What do you think those two quarterbacks need to show Nick Saban in order to be named the starter? Well, that's just the thing. Everybody thinks it's kind of a foregone conclusion that because of what Tua did in the national championship game, that he's crowned the victor. So you do not? I do not think that. I think behind closed doors, because of what goes on in the coaching world, there's a lot of debate going on right now. You're talking about benching a guy that's being responsible for 61 touchdowns personally yep. Yep. in two years, a 93% winning rate when he starts at quarterback, and a guy who might, we don't know what that locker room looks like because that all comes into the debate. What does the locker room look like? Who thinks that which quarterback gives them the best chance to win? And we don't know that. I, I, we have, wait a minute, David. We have one sample size. Yeah. We have one half of football. Yeah. The other guy's got 30-something games. Do we, have, do we have those numbers for that half? That Doesn't matter. Half? How numbers about the numbers for Jalen in the first <laughs> numbers half? Numbers can lie. Okay. Number, I, I agree numbers can lie. Um, they do. And, and they, they, they do crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Two people on this panel play quarterback. Could they be 26-2 and two with Alabama with Jalen Hurts' record? Ask the dude over here who just won a national there. championship. Well, <laughs> you were close, pretty close to that record, right? Yeah, well, what I'd say, though, is that this is a different Alabama team. Okay. So that's why it might be different altogether because, yes, maybe the last two years in 16 and 17, yep. they needed a pedestrian quarterback that's not going to make mistakes because of the quality on defense. For the it's not most, that way for the this most, year. For the most part, Alabama has done that throughout Nick Saban's whole tenure. They, they haven't had a guy. They don't need to air it out to, yeah. to smoke. They, they're more talented than everybody they play. They're going to ground and pound you. They're going to play great defense, right? This is what they've done. So I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I get numbers lie. Tua can do things that Jalen Hurts cannot do, and, and that is throw the football down the field. You recruit all these five-star guys, you don't use him with Jalen Hurts. It isn't Jalen Hurts. 26-2 and two is great, and he's a great runner. He cannot throw the ball down the field and, and make you pay. And we saw last year that hit home in the biggest way in the biggest games, the ineptitude of being able to even give a threat of passing the football. When you have a threat of being able to throw the ball downfield, your running lanes open up. It's easier on the offensive line. You convert more third downs. That's an offense that averaged almost 40 points a game in the SEC that can be better next year with Tua. Yeah. Because I'm not saying he needs to throw for 3,000 yards. But, but the he threat can. of it is there, and he absolutely can. Yeah. We've seen Jalen Hurts' ceiling. I will say this, though. I will say I've this, seen Jay. enough. And, and I know both of you guys, you're, you're on the bandwagon. I get it. <laughs> I, get it. I get it. But I'm going I'm to give you a coaching perspective, okay? Right. The reality of it is we don't have all the information. Yeah. You yeah. guys have one half of information. Agreed. The other guy has two seasons of information. Yeah. We don't know what goes on in the meeting rooms. You know how important it is. You don't know what goes on in the weight room. You don't know what practice looks like. No. All of those things are, those are ingredients to figure out what this recipe is going to look like. And we don't have that information. It's going to be a fascinating debate. And it's going to be a fascinating evaluation of the two. Because to be honest with you, our sample size, based on what they see, 365 days a year. Yep. Maybe totally I, I don't different. disagree, Greg. But let me tell yeah. you something. I had a five-course meal in that national championship game in the second half. Because that dish was yep. tasty, brother. Yeah. That thing was really, really, really I good. Hear you are on the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yes. I got it. Yep. You are on the Kool-Aid with a lot of other people. Yeah. I'm just telling you, behind closed doors, the reality of those conversations are simple. 
this is not as easy as it looks no, because it's not. of one half. It's not, and I agree with you. Look, Tua is the, an elite thrower, and we all know that. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a lefty that can throw it down the field, that can see the field and anticipate better than Jalen has. And honestly, Jalen in the last couple of games looked a little gun-shy, looked a little afraid to make a he mistake. Did. And if you play the game scared, it's going to be difficult, I think, to make the plays necessary to win the game. But the real question remains, is it fair to the runner all right all right all right so what i took from that segment was basically obviously coach gene chizik brought up the fact that you know this isn't going to be an easy decision you've got one guy over here who's got a 26 and 2 record as a starter you know 93 percent win rate and he's you know responsible for 61 touchdowns throughout his career at alabama and then <laughs> what happens is that david pollock jumps in and he goes hey Dude, let's, how, about, how about we have a look at the numbers that Tua put up in that second half? And then uh, Gene Chizik goes, why are we looking at the numbers? Numbers lie. After he just used numbers to justify why he believes, you know, that Jalen is, of course, you know, it, it's a great argument, of course. But it, it's just funny how he jumped in and said, ah, numbers lie. Let's, let's not look at the numbers when he just used numbers. Anyway, uh, with that being said, those numbers, 26 and 2, you know, 93% win rate, 61 touchdowns, that's all phenomenal. But if you look at the actual quarterbacks that have played at Alabama in the past, since the Saban era, uh, era um, since I want to say around 2008, I could be wrong, but my point here is that if you're, an Alabama, if you're a quarterback at Alabama, you're typically going to have a 90% win rate. The, for the simple fact that your job is made a lot easier when you're surrounded by the type of talent that you're surrounded by. Now, the thing about Alabama, they've had a top five defense since 08. And guess what? That's the beginning of the Saban era, or right around that time. And they've had a number one recruiting class in the nation since, uh, not since, but in, uh, I believe, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So, of course, as a quarterback uh, at the University of Alabama, your job is made a lot easier when you're surrounded by these types uh, of talents and these these types of blue chip players. Now, not taking any credit away from Jalen, he's a phenomenal athlete, um, but to I'm just trying to put it in perspective here that the 26 and two, you know, record is great, but at the same time, you have to look at the facts, and the fact is that. At Alabama, you're surrounded by, you know, arguably the most talented high school players in the country. And they're, you know, they're coming to Alabama and they don't call Alabama the NFL factory for no reason. Um, of course, we continued along in that segment and David Pollock, he brought up the, you know, he brought up the topic. He's like, these two guys right next to me, they both played quarterback position, right? Can both these two guys go 26-2, and two, right? And Greg McElroy, you know, obviously former uh, Alabama quarterback, he – I feel like he didn't really keep it real in this, in this uh, talk because he goes, well, you know, these Alabama teams aren't really the same. The, the, these Alabama teams are different. And, dude, how so? Think about it. How so? I think he kind of felt – you know, a little offended because David Pollock was basically saying, dude, 
Alabama has never been the type of team to air it out. You know, uh, they've never had a quarterback. The, the quarterback position has never been needed in order for them to dominate games. It's like he said, it's been dominant defense and a phenomenal running game. So I think Greg McElroy took offense to that. Um, so he was trying to, you know, somehow make himself look better. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is David pa- David Pollock's 100% right. If you take another dual threat quarterback from around the country, insert him in the Alabama at the Alabama quarterback position, um, he's going to have a damn good chance at having a 90% win rate at, you know, going to the SEC championship, going to the college football playoff. And that's for the simple fact that his job is made a lot easier when surrounded by these types of players. Now, of course, uh, Coach Gene Chizik, as the segment moves along, he brings up the fact that, uh, you know, there's a small sample size for Tua. And there's a much bigger sample size for Jalen. We've seen more from Jalen. He's got 28 games under his belt. Tua's got one half. And really, he's, he's got more than one half. All we saw, as far as the the masses, the public, uh, the public, uh, was that one half. But in reality, this kid's been consistently performing at this type of high level since high school. He went to the Elite Eleven, won the MVP, and then when he came to Alabama, his uh, spring uh, spring game, I believe, and even just practices, um, and then after the actual national championship game, you heard. Coach Nick Saban talk about Tua. He said, this guy's been performing well at practice, at scrimmages, at our spring ball games. I mean, throughout this whole time, we knew if we had to bring him in, we'd have the utmost confidence in him. So really, they have enough of a sample size to know what he's capable of and that they know that they can trust him. And at the end of the day, that that's really what all, all the coaches are looking for is that they have the, the confidence to bring them into the game when they're needed. Now, in using that same argument of sample sizes, you've got Jalen Hurts, right? So smaller, you know, sample size with Tua, and then you've got 28 games from Jalen. And in that same in that same sample size, uh, excuse me, that bigger sample size with Jalen, of course, there's more experience there, but really. What we saw in that sample size is what Jalen is incapable of. He's had 28 games with the University of Alabama. And, of course, he was just a sophomore last year going into his junior season. But throughout these two seasons, we have a bigger sample size to see exactly what Jalen uh, isn't capable of doing. And, and at this point, it's he, he just hasn't developed those things uh, you know, at the quarterback position in order to become – uh, you know, a great thrower, a phenomenal thrower. I mean, he can sling it, of course, and hit the open man if he's there, but he just hasn't developed those skills, you know, like Tua to be able to fit in those tight spaces, read coverages, and make a pass like he made in the national championship game in overtime. So the the argument of using, you know, looking at these two sample sizes, okay, Tua's got a smaller sample size, but he's, he's shown so much potential. Um, and then you've got Jalen here who's been a run-first quarterback, and, you know, we've shown what he's been incapable of. He's a phenomenal athlete. He can run the ball. That's 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 right in his wheelhouse, right? Um, but when you force him to throw it, that's just not his strength. That's just not his strength, and uh, 
from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Just take a look at the take a look at the games. I, me personally, you know, I, I didn't really see uh, a crazy jump in his actual skill level when it comes to the the, the throwing part of being a quarterback, um, and, and multiple other areas, you know. But um, shoot, I mean, just to make sure I covered everything. You know, the two sample sizes. Uh, David Pollock brought up anybody can. He was basically his point was that anybody can play QB at Bama. Um, you know, the big reason I think Tua is going to start is for the simple fact that Nick Saban's re- he really wouldn't risk Tua transferring out because at this point with the new transfer rules, um, coaches can't block their players from transferring. Uh, the only th- the only uh, I guess authority that could block a transfer would be the actual SEC conference themselves. Um, so I don't see Saban risking Tua transferring out. Um, and at the same time, everyone is forgetting Jalen's a great runner, but so is Tua. He was the number one dual threat quarterback in the nation. And if, if you watch him, he's not, of course, he's not as fast. Um, you know, you can argue he's not as athletic as Jalen. And I could agree with that. Um, but he can, he's certainly quick enough. He's got the strength, um, and he can he can he can make plays when they're needed. Um, but he's definitely a throw first type of quarterback. Um, as far as Jalen's options, is you know what I think he should do. Um, I think what's going to end up happening, especially if Tua starts and Tua stays healthy, Jalen's going to do his best. You know to uh, obviously play uh, less than four games, so he's able to. Uh, transfer out after he graduates and I think if he wants to continue uh, excuse me if he wants to continue playing at the quarterback position he's gonna have to transfer out Um, and I think one of the big options for him would be FAU with uh, coach Lane Kiffin who just signed I think it was like a six-year extension down there Um, other than that if he wants to stay at Alabama to continue to compete for championships I think one of the better positions that he could transition to would be linebacker because he's already a pretty stocky guy and he could easily pick up more weight, um, you know, with the health and nutrition plans that they've got at Alabama. And then as a quarterback, picking up all these different uh, schemes and uh, defensive uh, plays and all these things, he's already studied those things because he is a quarterback. So I think it would be something uh, pretty simple for him to adjust to, or possibly even the safety position, depending on how fast he really is. Um, other than that, you know, in this video, I'm no way trying to bash Jalen Hurts. He's a phenomenal athlete. The dude's strong as hell. He's quick. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just can't see him being uh, an elite thrower in the NFL or, you know, at that next level. But I, I can see him playing as an NFL player at the next level, uh, I think it's just going to be, um, he's going to have to transition positions, you know, just like somebody like Braxton Miller, um, multiple quarterbacks have, you know, changed positions, um, you know, maybe in their junior or senior years because they knew um, that they weren't, you know, necessarily at that level that they needed to be um, as far as the NFL goes. But uh, with that being said, I think we pretty much covered any, uh, everything. Uh, if you guys, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear your own opinions. Just drop a comment. Um, hit me hit me on Twitter 
at just a critic, uh, just another critic. And um, yeah, I think we covered everything. Uh, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you watching the video. Like, comment, or subscribe. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm just another guy that's been watching college football for a long time. So I'm just, I'm just another critic. That's all I am. I'm just out here to share my opinions. Um, and if you don't agree, great. If you agree, great. Uh, with that being said, I appreciate you guys watching. If you stayed to the end, awesome. If not, no worries. But uh, yeah, peace out, and we'll catch you in the next video.